0: chapter twenty five of from jest to earnest by edward p Rowe. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by like many waters chapter twenty five a true night as the dusk deepened into the night upon this memorable evening hemstead stood at the parlor window and looked out so long and intently that lottie joined him at last and asked what can you see without and in the darkness so much more attractive than anything within do you see that faint light out there upon the river yes well i've been watching it for some time and it troubles me i noticed this afternoon that there was ice coming down with the tide is it possible that some one in crossing with a small boat has been caught in the ice and carried downward why should you think that nothing is more common than lights upon the river at night yes but not of late since the last severe cold i have noticed that the river was almost deserted and the papers state that it is freezing north of us but it is the peculiarity in the movement of the light that perplexes me when i saw it first it appeared as if coming across the river suddenly when quite over toward this side it seemed to stop a moment then turned directly down the stream uncle cried lottie you know all about the river how do you account for what mr hemstead has seen and she explained lights are very deceptive at night especially upon the water said mr dimmerly sententiously it's probably a hardy water rat of a boatman dropping down with the tide to a point opposite to where he wishes to land yes that is it mr hemstead so dismiss your fears your brow is as clouded as that murky sky there that comparison is quite oriental in its extravagance he said his anxious face relaxing into a sudden smile but then you are a bit tropical yourself well you can't complain if i remind you of the tropics this dreary winter night so i'll bear out your fanciful conceit your face a moment since was like a burst of sunshine your figure now is incorrect as well as extravagant for whatever light my face has it is but the reflection of your kindness i hope you do not mean to suggest that you have any tendency towards mooning mooning is the indulgence of sickly sentiment is it not a diluted moonlight kind of feeling very well defined does experience give you such accuracy said lottie laughingly i can honestly say no and most surely not in your case i'm glad to hear it said lottie i should be sorry to think that cold diluted moonlight was the type of any of my friend's regard you may rest assured he replied impulsively there is nothing cold or diluted in my regard for you there is the supper bell interrupted lottie hastily what are you looking at asked de forest uneasily noting the fact of their standing together within the shadowy curtains he had just descended from the toilet which with him was a necessity before each meal mr hemstead has seen a light upon the river and bodes from it some vague danger to some vague indefinite people come mr hemstead come away or before we know it you will be off on the quixotic attempt to rescue what uncle calls a hearty water rat that all the water of the river could not drown oh i see sneered de Forest mr hemstead wishes to get cheaply standing here within and in good company the credit of being willing to attempt a perilous rescue you are jumping at conclusions very rapidly julian and not very charitable ones either said lottie reproachfully come mr de forest said hemstead quietly we will test this question of cheapness i will go with you to investigate that light nonsense replied the exquisite As Miss Marsden suggested, Don Quixote may be your model knight, but he is not mine. "'Now, I didn't suggest any such thing,' said Lottie, decidedly vexed. "'Come, young people, tea is waiting,' called Mrs. Marchmont. "'Well, I did,' said DeForest to Lottie aside. "'And what's more, I believe it's true.' And he placed her reluctant hand upon his arm and drew her to the supper-room but hemstead lingered a moment to watch the light with increasing uneasiness in his silent abstraction at the table it was evident to lottie that his mind was dwelling upon the problem of the mysterious glimmer far out upon the river before the meal was over he abruptly excused himself but soon returned as if relieved and said it is no more to be seen i told you how it was said mr dimmerly the man floated down as far as he wished and now has pulled ashore the explanation fully satisfied the rest and sounded plausible to hemstead and the evening promised to pass quietly and uneventfully away mrs marchmont's parlor was a picture of cosy elegance belle and Addie, with her mother and uncle made a game of whist at one table while hemstead in subdued tones read the latest magazine at another de forest was half dozing in his chair for the article was rather beyond him and while lottie's fair face was very thoughtful it might be questioned whether the thought was suggested by the reader or by what he said but the article was finished and for the relief of change hemstead paced the room a few moments and then aimlessly went to the window and looked out toward the river his abrupt exclamation startled them all there's the light again a moment later he stood bareheaded upon the piazza straining his eyes out into the darkness i feel impressed that there is something wrong that some one is in danger he said to lottie who had followed him you will take cold standing here without your hat she said so will you where is your hat that you should talk prudence to me but the others were more thoughtful of themselves and were well protected as they now also came out upon the piazza well it is a little queer said mr dimmerly i suppose one ought to go and see what it means said bell hesitatingly but then there are those better able to go than any one from here hush said hemstead far and faint there seemed to come a cry for help across the darkness that is enough he cried some one is in distress and danger come mr de forest the case has lost all its quixotic elements and you may now emulate the chevalier bayard himself oh please don't go gentlemen cried lottie see the night is very dark the wind is rising the water must be very rough you may just throw away your lives in the vain attempt to save utter strangers miss marsden is right said de forest as if greatly relieved the attempt is perfectly foolhardy and i am not a fool if some one is in a boat that is fast in the ice he has only a few more miles to drift before coming opposite a large town where there are many better able to help them than we are. Hush! cried Hemstead. Do you hear that? Faint and far away, as a response to de Forest's words, came again more clearly the cry for help. That is enough, again said Hemstead excitedly, and he started for his hat. Lottie laid her hand upon his arm and said with seeming earnestness, surely mr hemstead you will not be guilty of the folly of going alone upon such a desperate attempt as this i surely will and you surprise me greatly that you seek to detain me he said almost sternly but you alone can do nothing as i am a man i will try where can i get the key of the boat-house if the young gentleman will go i will go with him said a voice from the darkness beyond the piazza which they recognized as that of Mrs. Marchmont's coachman. I've been to sea in my day, and I'm not afraid of a little water, salt or fresh. Good for you, my fine fellow, I'll be with you at once, cried Hemstead. I've got the key of the boat house, a lantern, and an axe to cut the ice, so you have only to put on your coat and hat. There, said Hemstead to Lottie, a way is provided already. How could you wish to keep me back? and without waiting for an answer he hastily seized his hat and coat from the hall rack but before he could spring down the piazza steps she again stopped him a moment and she said in a low husky tone i did not wish to detain but to test you i wish you to go i am proud of you though my heart trembles at your peril but you shall not go till you are protected and equipped see your hands are bare they will become numb and so useless where are your gloves the wind will carry your hat away here you shall be my knight upon this occasion and if you will may wear my colours and she snatched the ribbon from her hair and tied his hat firmly down in a low thrilling tone meant only for her he said now you are the lottie of my ideal now you are yourself again and your words have given me tenfold my former courage and strength Goodbye. and ere she was aware he had seized her hand and pressed a kiss upon it in true old knightly style god bring you back safely she said with a quick sob heaven heard the prayer he did not for he was off with a bound and the darkness swallowed him up as he followed the stout-hearted ex-sailor lottie stood where he left her unconscious that the wintry wind was blowing her unconfined hair wildly about miss lottie said de Forest, approaching her humbly she raised her hand depreciatingly. really miss lottie he persisted i would have gone if you had wished me to hark she said in a low tone can you hear them lynx-eyed bell standing unnoticed in the shadow had witnessed and comprehended the scene more fully than the others and speedily brought lottie to her senses by whispering in her ear come don't make a goose of yourself if mr hemstead is your knight he has not gone to fight a dragon but to row a boat and rescue a fisherman in all probability your hair is down and blowing about your eyes and you look like a guide generally even lottie in her highly wrought state was not proof against such bald prose as this and she turned and hastened to her room bell followed proposing now at last to open lottie's eyes to her folly her first words of wisdom were as lottie with wet eyes stood binding up her hair what a fool you are beginning to make of yourself over this western student hush said lottie imperiously there it is again you haven't been yourself since he came if your mother knew what was going on bell said lottie in a tone that quite startled that nervous young lady do you value my friendship at all certainly and that is why i wish to prevent you from drifting into trouble and it's not right for you to get him into lottie's warning gesture was so emphatic that bell paused has it ever occurred to you lottie continued in a tone that bell had never heard her use before that i am not a child and that you are not my natural guardian not another word please about mr hemstead or we are strangers and she quietly finished her toilet and left the room she had hardly reached the lower hall before there was a furious ring at the door before it could be opened mr harcourt burst in and called where is mr hemstead at the first sound of his voice Addie rushed out and clung to his arm crying hysterically what is the matter he drew back with an impatience akin to disgust and repeated his question where is mr hemstead why don't some one speak mr harcourt said mrs marchmont in offended dignity i think you might at least have answered Addie's question and told us what the trouble is trouble enough god knows mr and miss martell have been caught in the ice out in an open boat for hours do you see that light there good heavens there is another light shooting out toward it yes cried lottie in a sudden ecstasy of delight there goes my brave true knight to the rescue and he will save them too see how he gains upon them that is mr hemstead's voice i know it well he is shouting encouragement to them hear the feeble answering cry that's a woman's voice harcourt cried after listening a moment as if his life depended on what he heard thank god she has not perished with cold and he dashed away toward the river bank Addie and her mother looked at each other they too like the coachman had been struck with mr harcourt's choice of pronouns but the prudent lady did not forget herself or her duty a moment she made them all come in from the bleak piazza and had the light turned down in the parlor so that they could see through the window just as well a more comfortable point of observation but de forest quite ostentatiously muffled himself up to his eyes that he might go down and help approaching timidly he said to lottie as she stood at the window can you not take another night into your service this evening oh yes julian she replied good-naturedly a regiment in so good a cause as this hasten to the shore you may be of some possible help and with a gesture of dismission she turned again to her watch de florest slowly departed feeling that this was a very different farewell from that bestowed on hemstead of which he had caught an aggravating glimpse while the others were eagerly talking and surmising and the servants bustling about preparing for those who would soon be brought in chilled and wet with spray Lottie stood at her post, motionless, oblivious of all around, and as intent upon Hempstead's light as if she were to be rescued instead of Miss Martell. End of chapter 25